Hi, and welcome to the IAVM podcast series, The Venue, Coffee Break, and you are listening to episode number 26. Uh, today is Wednesday, March 27th, and we are your hosts. I am Alexis Bergren. I'm the general, excuse me, general manager of the Old National Events Plaza in Evansville, Indiana, and my co-host is Shelly Ellis, general manager of the Visalia Convention Center. We are here, and our goal is always to provide you with the venue-related trends and news content you're looking for, and we have a lot of fun. So today we have a really exciting topic, um, something that's kind of a mystery to me, and I'm going to let Shelly tell you more about it and introduce our esteemed guest. Take it away, Shelly. Thank you, Alexis, and I would definitely agree. It's something that I am constantly trying to figure out what it is and how it works and what we need to do as venues, and our topic today is cybersecurity cyber in venues, and I feel that even maybe five, ten years ago, and our guest today can speak on Navador, we weren't talking about this as much, and we want to find out, are we giving it the VIP treatment, and a little bit more on that, um, adding layers of cyber protection to your venues, IT is key in protecting your own data and that of your clients as a leader in cybersecurity prevention and digital transformation in venues. We will chat with our guests today about the tools your venue needs so you do not end up in the news for the wrong reasons. That's a plus. <laughs> I had the great pleasure of meeting our guest at the IVM Region 7 um, conference in San Diego just last month, and I can't thank him enough for being a presenter and speaking on this topic. So I'd like to welcome our guest, um, Biren Shukla. Hello, Biren. Hi. Thank you so much, Shelly, for uh, having me on the show. It's a pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you for giving us the time. And I'm just going to, you know, introduce um, Biren just a little bit. He has a great story. So I'd like everyone to um, hear it and share that with you. Um, he is a successful entrepreneur and founder of Forum Infotech, under Biren's visionary leadership, Forum Infotech has transformed from a managed IT service company to a full-fledged digital transformation provider focusing on delivering high-quality, responsive, and friendly IT services and often acting as an IT department for its clients throughout North America. Like any other, other successful business, Biren's story is no different. Arriving from his hometown of India, his dream only came true when he put everything on the line to find his entrepreneurial spirit and ultimately build a thriving business in the land of opportunities. And so thank you, Baron. And let's talk cybersecurity. <laughs> so. Yeah, right. Let's let's just <laughs> jump right in. Baron, so as I mentioned too, and, and Shelly mentioned, you know, I think cybersecurity still is just a mystery for a lot of people. So Give us an overview of the state of cybersecurity today. You know, how, how did we get here and why are we talking about it? Excellent question, um, Alexis. Uh, basically, uh, you remember a few years back uh, the cryptocurrency and how quickly that took off. Uh, it was easy way for hackers to hide, uh, infect your systems, and simply throw up a little message on your computer to transfer bitcoins. So the rise, uh, if if you look at the history of uh, what's happened in the last decade, if you look at the ransomware, the first variants of uh, ransom somewhere when it first started, the crypto locker and all those ones that 
really got famous, it was around the same time when Bitcoin was also taking off. So I would like to say uh, they go hand in hand. Uh, I think the cryptocurrency allowed hackers to hide and, uh, you know, um, have that uh, anonymous anonymity, anonymity that they need um, to do uh, bad things um, and cripple organizations. So that's the rise. And over the years, we saw tremendous, um, uh, you know, uh, what do you call innovation in ransomware, different types of variants, different. uh, uh, Now they have encrypting ransomware. So long story short, uh, there's tremendous innovation happening in that. I mean, I hate to use the word innovation for, you know, you know, bad guys, uh, you know, doing bad things. But that's the reality. They can sit on a desk somewhere in a different part of the world, be a you know, write a piece of code or even buy uh, things that are readily available on the black market and then, uh, you know, just uh, inflict pain. So, yeah, that's the history. Let me ask you Alexis this. and I, oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, I, no I, I was just going to say, you know, kind of going off of this, um, you know, I, I, the, it's so interesting that it goes hand in hand with cryptocurrency. So, you know, the bad guys sitting at a desk hacking into the systems, you know, and, and it's, you know, various industries that are, that can fall, vic- fall victim to this. What are they after ultimately? I mean, what, what, what sort of data are they looking for? Are they looking to steal identities? Are they looking to essentially put people in a position where they have to pay to get their systems back? I mean, what do you see most often is the end goal for these, these folks that are, you know, delivering ransomware into these companies? Honestly, I don't think they are uh, uh, really after data. Now, there's, there's different types of hacker groups, right? There's state-sponsored hacking where they are after, uh, you know, they have a different agenda. Think of it like a business. You know, these hacker organizations have a mission statement, have a vision of what they want to do. So let's say I'm North Korean, hypothetically speaking. I really, I want to cripple, you know, the United States uh, electrical grid system, you know, and that's my goal. Every single thing that is critical to the U.S. infrastructure, I'm going to go after it. But if I'm a small, uh, you know, um, a group of uh, people in sitting in Russia, my goal is simply to make money off of this. I don't really care about the data. I just want to cripple you to the point where I can simply ask you for a nominal amount of, uh, you know, a thousand bucks or less than a thousand bucks, because most most of these uh, ransom requests are under a grand. So it's easy to go under the radar and they're doing this on a mass scale. So, um, you know, that's, that's all they're after is to cripple you enough. So uh, where give for example, take for example, venues, um, what do venues, venues have access to, um, you know, they all have a file server, right? With files and folders, which you need to access on a day-to-day basis. What if I infect a venue and encrypt all those files that you need to have access to? Um, it it will cause some disruption. It's, it won't be like, oh my God, I, you know, an event could be going on. It won't really completely cripple you, but it will start hurting you, right? And if it's less than a grand, you're more likely to just transfer the money and, and be done with it, you know? But FBI they are getting millions of cases like this every day. They don't, they don't even have the time to investigate uh, every single incident. Oh, wow. Shelly, what were you going to ask? Or, or were you, yeah, you going to make fun mention, of me? No, no. <laughs> well, both of us, maybe. You know, Alexis <laughs> and I have openly confessed that we're not the most tech savvy or whatnot. But at the same point, 
you know, as managers of our facility, we know the importance of cybersecurity. And, you know, do you feel, Baron, that um, a lot of venues perhaps are underprepared? And you discussed um, some great points at the Region 7 meeting of how venues can prepare themselves. I'd love for you to discuss some of those things for those that are listening. You know, what are steps that they can do so they feel protected? Field, uh, the first answer, first part of your questions, I think venues are significantly underprepared. Uh, and even if they are prepared and they have humongous IT budgets and a lot of IT folks on staff, let me be very clear. Cybersecurity is a shared responsibility. Uh, it's no longer just IT department's responsibility because uh, the attacks are targeted to the end user. So the end user is daily being fished by email, by phone calls, by very specific and targeted emails that look like they're coming from the general managers. So uh, if you don't do anything to train your staff, so, so first and foremost, shared responsibility. I really, really want to get that message across that everybody in the organization needs to come together as a group and at least start a discussion on, on you know, call it a cybersecurity meeting, you know, all hands meeting, you know, do an internal survey, you know, what do we think, you know, how, how are we best prepared for this? Because ransom, uh, venues are being hit with ransomware attacks. Uh, and um, it's interesting, I'll cite an example um, right up front so you guys understand. So imagine I break into one of the uh, employee that just joined your organization uh, through a very targeted phishing attack. On LinkedIn, I can easily see that so-and-so person joined the accounts page department at uh, one of the big uh, venues. Okay, so next step is um, I go on the dark web and I look for the credentials uh, that I can purchase uh, for that organization, like xyzvenue.com. And I can go and purchase the credentials and I can then send targeted emails uh, to fish that person, right? So all I have to do is have that person click on a link that will take them to a website that is already malicious and it will automatically download the malware without even the user doing anything. Just simply that they clicked on a link can get malware installed on that PC and they don't even know it. From that point on, the credentials that I just bought from the dark web, I will use that to see if that account is still active on the server. It's as simple as that. And I'll hope that I get lucky that the password hasn't been changed. So you may ask, like, how do the credentials get on the dark web? But let's face it, your employees are using work credentials to log on to LinkedIn.com, to log on to Salesforce.com, to log on to Marriott.com when they book travel. A lot of people use the same username and passwords, right? Most of us make that mistake. We don't use password managers. Let's face it, if you did a survey, most people don't use a, a sophisticated password manager that auto-collects passwords for you and remembers it so you don't have to worry about these things even if the websites get compromised. Now, here's what happens. When Marriott gets breached, all that data goes somewhere. Now, those guys are after the data, right? They, there's 
That's there's real business. Let me attack Marriott. Let me get all the credentials and then I will sell it on the dark web. People who are interested to get access of CEO email accounts, GM, you know, C-level executives who are in powerful positions in big organizations because they usually on business travel and use their work username and password. So again, it's such a uh, it's it's such a interesting. Uh, yeah, yet it's under, uh, you know, n- not a lot of people are uh, paying attention to this. So coming back to uh, to what are the things venues can do? Um, I mean, it's a long answer, but does that answer your question? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I just like my heart just started racing a little bit. Like, I mean, I don't know whether to be speechless or like. It's just hang up the phone and like go call an emergency meeting. Cause like the, the example you just gave about like the Marriott hack, right? Well, I see that happening and I'm thinking, well, I'm not a, a Marriott rewards member. So that doesn't really affect me. But as a general manager, I'll bet my director of marketing is, or yeah. I'll bet my director of sales is as they've mm-hmm. traveled to various conferences across the country. And so it very much is relevant. And I, you know, I hadn't really, I guess, put it in those terms. Uh, in terms of it just even being, you know, an identity that then, you know, is available uh, and and now sourced, sourced, you know, easily by folks that are are looking to, you know, exploit that. So, whoa. yeah, I know, right? It just uh, it's crazy. Like if I want to attack a particular venue, I can start. What I would do is just like we do homework and research. I would create a complete profile on the venue. I will look at all the public records, I mean, uh, PRs that have been done. So I will find out what kind of applications you're using in your building. Um, for example, Ungerbot, it could be anything. It could be any event management software that is SaaS-based. I will find out what Wi-Fi systems you're using. Perhaps there was an article that, you know, so-and-so venue replaced all their Wi-Fi systems with this brand. So now I know that you have these access points in your building. Then and I will, you know, again, start creating a persona of a venue. Once I have all that information, now it becomes a lot easier for me. Of course, I'm following you on LinkedIn and I will look for new employees that join your organization. I would uh, get really fancy with my voice phishing. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I, w- I would, I mean, multiple vulnerabilities, right? Your Wi-Fi systems could be unpatched and I could penetrate that. I could come as a guest and try to break into uh, your network. I could even put a close to your venue and give it a same SSID uh, of an event that is taking place in your building and hope that a few people will join that rogue access point and, and I will use some backdoors to get in. So... It's if you really want to cause harm, you can. It's very fairly easy these days. It sounds too easy. I don't. I know. So comfortable. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. I'm like I'm I'm really shifting around in my chair right now. But so you you brought up Wi-Fi, and so let's kind of if we can shift a little bit to to Wi-Fi because I understand from the Region Seven, you know, discussion that 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 was a a topic that was mentioned in terms of facility Wi-Fi, and that that's you know, an area that we need to be really pushing vendors and employees that might be accessing Wi-Fi and every building's got it at this point to protect themselves while they're on that, that, that network. So what does that look like? Does that mean everybody's Wi-Fi network should be password protected? What, how would you sort of steer venues in terms of making sure that, you know, staff and and customers are, are protected while they're using facility Wi-Fi? 
Right. So most venues uh, have Wi-Fi systems, as you alluded to. There are, without getting too technical, I, I, I would like to assume that every single, whether it's an in-house IT that's managing your Wi-Fi, creating unique uh, SSID for every event, or they may have dedicated uh, uh drops that, you know, vendors need in certain booths and things like that, I would imagine that the basics are already covered, uh, that they have a dedicated VLAN. A VLAN is, think of it like a virtual LAN specifically dedicated for event Wi-Fi services. They've carved out this little area, right, of the network that is separate from your back-end office network, right? So, while they may be on the Wi-Fi network, there's, you know, the segregation sort of a virtual segregation, let's call it. Um, and, and those things are covered. But again, is, you know, it's having, having, we put a lot of trust in our vendors and we learned from the target uh, attack, you know, a HVAC vendor basically systems were pen, uh, infected and that was a much easier to hack. So imagine I'm a vendor to a venue. I come in to do regular maintenance inside the building and the equipment that I'm bringing inside the building is already infected. And then, but I've been coming there for many, many years and I have a report. Nobody doubts me. I log on to the same, you know, Wi-Fi that's dedicated to me or maybe a same area in the building that, you know, I've been asked to plug in. I log in. What if, right, uh, my PC is infected and now I'm logging on to the building Wi-Fi and this segregation doesn't exist? Just mm-hmm. jump in and ping your servers and, you know, you know, th- those types of things. So it's it's checks and balances. It's, it's uh, uh, we... Check all your vendors. Have a policy for all your vendors. Like, okay, when you're you need to, are you able to enforce uh, endpoint protection software on your vendors? It's easy to do that if you if you take the time to and say every vendor that comes inside the building that jumps on our internal Wi-Fi systems needs to have a certified endpoint protection software that we recommend. You know, as long as it's a updated, fully paid version. What we don't want, I mean, at least have something, right? Because if you don't have anything, that you are a sitting duck. And that's what we don't want. Well, I think you make a good point. You just need to have something. So it sounds like it's a simple policy and providing that to your contractors as, as part of their contractor agreement or sitting down with them. You know, first step sounds like putting together that policy in place. And that's a good first step. Would you agree? Yeah, I think so. And then a lot of lot of uh, in, uh, here's what uh, another thing that happens. Um, IT's hands are full today. I mean, they are busy servicing the clients that come inside the building, and uh, there's always a lack of resources. Is what we have found. You know, it's if they do this, something has to give. Whether there's a new project or expansion in the building that's happening, and not enough attention is paid to the topic of cybersecurity, like take, you know, addressing everything from are we making sure credentials uh, when an employee leaves an organization are immediately removed from the server. So in case those credentials are accessed, you know, there's no way in the world, um, 
you know, we can we can be infected. Second, are we enforcing all the internal users to have a password policy? I know it sounds people cringe about this when you're asked to change your passwords every three months, but it's it can you don't have to, if you use a password manager, it becomes very simple for you. You don't have to remember it. The password manager will generate the complex password for you, save it for you. I'll tell you for years, I didn't use a password manager, but in the last two, three years I've been using it. It's been a lifesaver because to get our works done, work done, don't we visit like at least 40, 50 different websites for different mm-hmm. things? And and how often do we forget those passwords? Because we only need to access those websites once in a month, maybe sometimes. <laughs> so, yeah. so there we are resetting the passwords and things like that can be totally taken care of by a password manager. The third thing, put multi-factor authentication on every single uh uh, application, wherever you can, whoever offers it. Multi-factor is basically or a way to authenticate who you really are. So password is one form of authentication. And the second form of authentication is a unique PIN code that is sometimes texted to you or uh, a push notification on your mobile phone that you simply have to approve. So it validates that you are the indeed the person who is trying to log in. So turn that on, on every single thing that is out there. So again, there's a lot of different tiny little things you can do to reduce the risk level that your venue has today. But they're tiny little things, but they have to be implemented and made it part of a policy uh, inside your organization. Slowly you'll find like, wow, yeah, we are in a good place. We do all these things, you know. You're never going to be completely uh, you know, if some, somebody out comes and says, oh, I have this magic formula, I guarantee you're never going to be hacked. It's just not going to happen, <laughs> period. <laughs> it's, it's funny you should say that. I was listening to a podcast the other day, and it was like, a, I want to say it was like a, an, a radio game show, right? And there was somebody on that was competing that worked for a company that investigated identity theft and she was asked, well, what can you do to prevent it? And she's like, nothing. <laughs> like, just get ready. Like, it's going to happen, you know, and just, just, you know, do, do the little things that you can do and just prepare that someday you'll probably, you know, have that happen to you. So listening in all this, and I'm taking notes because obviously I love walking away from, from these discussions in this podcast with, with takeaways. And so, it's going to, I'm going to list a few and that's going to lead me into my next question. So you've mentioned, you know, enforce your staff using password managers, especially when they're at work. You've talked about making sure your, your front of house networks are completely separate from, you know, what I would call your back of house or, or, you know, your, your, your administrative um, network. You've talked about endpoint protection software um, controls on your vendors, tight controls on employee credentials multi-factor authentications. Now, some of these things I can turn around and do this afternoon, but some of these things are going to cost money. So talk to me about what venues that are on a, a really tight budget can do. And, and are some of these things, if, if you're going to invest money, what would you say to, to a venue like mine that's you know, in a tertiary market, a smaller venue, where do I need to spend my money first? Oh, that's an excellent question. I think um, that uh, doing at least some sort of, uh, it's a combination of things. Uh, and, and again, I would like to start by saying that uh, 
implementing all these things, uh, not everything costs an enormous amounts of money. I, I have to I have to say that at this point, everybody has a good, strong anti uh, antivirus or endpoint protection, not just antivirus, but an, a true endpoint protection software on their systems. I would think so, right? Um, where I would invest is educating your employees. Uh, what we found is, and we go uh, start ready for a particular venue, we do a phishing, a simulated phishing attack on all their employees. Uh, and this is a test to see how many people will fall for uh, a very targeted, uh, well-crafted email like a hacker would send, um, and you'll get an idea. It opens people's mind. We do that just as part of a open, open their mind approach. But invest in a tool where you can continuously uh, train your employees to be sharp uh, and teach them, keep cybersecurity top of the mind uh, for all your staff. That's the most affordable thing you can start with because human beings are the weakest link in this entire cybersecurity, um, you know, zillions of things you can do. But human beings are the weakest thing link and that's what hackers are going after they they know that human beings are vulnerable they'll fall for something especially if they are a new employee in an organization mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so there's lots of tools out there we offer uh, don't want to do a shameless plug here but we do there are solutions out there that we actually uh set up configure and then we can continuously train your employees to make sure that they watch those videos so mandatory trainings at their convenience at that time, mandatory so we can see, yes, they watched a 15-second video, right? 15-minute video. Next month, I'm going to test them to see if they are how, how good has that percentage gone down because we want that percentage to go down, right? Ultimately, we want to keep our users sharp. Then I'll keep on giving them videos to watch. Uh, so it's an entire program that starts with training employees, and that's what you should be investing in. Okay. All right. Well, and we, I think so too. And please, shameless plug away because that's <laughs> that's the kind of info I think you know the listeners are are looking for. So, um, you know, certainly, you know, we want to be prepared when we invite you know you or other companies like Forum Infotech in to to do these kinds of assessments and recommend these these next steps. Kind of what what to be prepared for. And and uh, yeah, that you know, online training is probably not where I thought you'd start, but it's you know, certainly makes perfect sense to me. Because <laughs> so. the rest of the stuff is things I would say that IT is supposed to do, like patching. And I never like to. We're an IT company. So, I mean, we all need, we know we need to do all these things, right? There's a million things, devices we need to patch because every single hardware has a software running on it, right? Whether it's your uh, board, uh, you know, uh, scoreboard uh, software, whether it's your event management software, whether it's your... Office 365, you know, because even that yeah. can be hacked. So again, all that I'm not going to go there. But yeah, when you when you train your employees, uh, I think you can uh, really reduce the risk level. Uh, that is for sure. Wow. Well, Baron, you, you go. I'm sorry, Shelley. Go ahead. I was going to mention, um, Baron, you provided a, a cybersecurity assessment to those that attended the conference in San Diego recently. Is that someone, if someone was interested in speaking with you or um, doing that quick checklist that you provided? So a couple of free resources. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. A couple of free resources. Uh, you can tell me uh, that that 
assessment was designed uh, to open people's everyone's mind, especially in the venue uh, vertical. Mm-hmm. Happy to share that. I mean, that's the whole objective. Do a self-assessment of where you are today. It's very simple, but it at least starts the conversation uh, inside your building. So I can easily share that. I can put it up on, uh, we have a venue page, uh, landing page on our website that uh, we can put it up there, but we can also share it with you uh, and put it up on IAVM uh, website, which is what I would like to, I prefer so that at least uh, people can download it at their convenience. But also we have uh, a completely free, no obligation cybersecurity tip of the month, of the week, by the way. So imagine getting a small tip every single week in your mailbox that just stays on top of mine. And so we, 52 weeks of the year, every single week, same time, you get that tip. Um, It's a free resource. I can share that link uh, with you. Um, It's a it's, I don't remember the exact link, but you can sign up and uh, and then you get it. Wow. That, if you don't mind sharing, what is your website? So if people want to take that assessment, again, I, I feel that was a very um, valuable tool to, you know, quite frankly, scare me and realize there's some things I need to do, but... <laughs> What is yes. that website? The website is www.forum, F-O-R-U-M, info, I-N-F-O, tech, T-E-C-H, dot net. And then I, because it's uh, usually these web- websites have lots of pages, uh, we created a specific page for venues. As you know, we uh, work with a lot of different um, industries and venues are a big part of our business. Um, so uh, it's hard to, you know, uh, have a page for every every. But again, I can. Oh, yeah. So it's basically if you type forum infotech.net slash venue, uh, it will take you to a specific page uh, where you can download a case study there. You can um, also uh, do some other things, learn a little bit more about our services and things like that. Well, while we've got just a, a couple minutes left, but obviously you've worked with a lot of venues and Greg and Shelly will tell you, I love a good horror story. So I, I hate to put you on the spot and you don't have to use any names, but in, in our line of work, in, in the venue industry, what's the worst cybersecurity mess you've ever seen? Okay, so most recently, uh, specifically with a venue, I'm not going to mention names. Um, they used off. They had recently taken over uh, the building, uh, the management of the building from another uh, uh, management company, and um, there, of course, when you take over these things, there's employees that are disgruntled and things like that. But I don't think that was. Uh, the issue uh, that some internal employees are causing harms, but essentially there were four employees uh, that were, uh, they're using Office 365, so I wanted to mention that, uh, were someone, well, out of their four, one, one of the employees' computer was basically compromised, and the hacker had direct access to that person who was working there, their email account, and they were directly communicating with the tenants that were coming or the uh, yeah sponsors. They were coming into the building, asking them to wire the money to a different bank account. So imagine you've been having this, you know, your number one client coming to your building every single year, uh, trusts you, gets an email from the same person 
but it, telling them to send the money, wire it because we have a new payment platform. So this happened a couple of times, and then they realized that uh, this is happening, and that not just with one client, multiple clients fell for it and transferred and wired the money. Now imagine the reputation that that is you're you're famous for the wrong reasons, right? That that person may never come back to your building, and it starts with. Uh, you know, again, somebody was fished at some point and uh, there was a piece of uh, malware. And from there, they actually broke into the Office 365, the email account, and they were corresponding on behalf. And that, by the way, is not just venue specific. That is happening across so many different organizations uh, oh. today. Yeah, it's easy. Uh, it's very easy. And what a, and what a, what a, what a, a difficult position to be in too, because there's really no recourse on either side. Wow, that that is scary. Well, well, my gosh, as usual, our time it just flies. So, um, <laughs> Biran Shukla, I want to thank you again for being with us. Biran is again the founder of Forum Infotech. Um, check out his website. It's foruminfotech.net. Um, wealth of information there, and and you have just been a, a wealth of information today. Thank you for for sharing your your insight with us. I know I have certainly learned a lot and will be up all night. <laughs> <laughs> Shelly, what about you? Any last words for, for us? Again, thank you, Biren. And I, I, my takeaway is that it is a shared responsibility. And so, yes, most of us have IT departments. You know, we need to encourage us to get together, have that um, all hands meeting and start the discussion on cybersecurity and really realize what we, I guess, aren't doing, you know, we're probably all thinking we're doing enough, but mm-hmm. we're not. And we, we need to make the right steps moving forward. And so, you know, thank you for informing us that we are the weakest link, but we can change that. <laughs> <laughs> no, nope, yeah, thank right. you. Thank you to both of you, uh, Greg, Alexis, and Shelly. You guys are wonderful. Thank you for giving us an opportunity to come to Region 7, uh, be a speaker. We'll be again, and I will be at Chicago IVM. We'll have a okay. booth there, so hopefully people can visit us. Uh, we are very focused on cybersecurity and IT services, so I hope... Uh, people stop by, ask us questions, engage us. Uh, we love sharing information. Uh, at the end of the day, we want to make sure you're not famous for the wrong reasons. <laughs> well, and speaking right, of yeah. Venue Connect, um, and Greg, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe the early bird registration ends March 31st. Is that correct? Yeah, no, and we uh, I absolutely look forward to seeing Beeren and Venue Connect, and thank you, uh, thank you uh, for coming. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. Perfect. Great. Awesome. Well, wonderful. Again, go to Venue Connect. So. Yes, we'll we'll see yep. you in Chi Town. That that'll be fun. Well, thank you again to everybody that tuned in today. Our next podcast will be uh, Wednesday, April twenty fourth, uh, eleven a.m. That's Central. Uh, so please tune in. Um, for those of you heading to Daytona Beach for the Super Regional here in a couple weeks, hope everybody has a good time and learns lots. And as always, thank you, thank you again, and we'll talk to you next month. Thanks. Bye, everyone.